0: Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number 11. The Cottonmouth. I usually go on a hike or a walk at least four or five times a week. I wander around a lot. And I live in Florida. And if you live in Florida and you go on a lot of walks, you're going to see... A lot of snakes. One species of snake that I see a lot of is the cottonmouth. They are also known as water moccasins. They can get pretty big, they're related to copperheads, and to me they are the most notorious snake in the United States of America, or at least in the southeast. Even people that don't know a lot about snakes have usually heard of a cottonmouth or a water moccasin. I was warned about them many times growing up And even as an adult, if I encounter a stranger that finds out I spend a lot of time outside, they will tell me to look out for cottonmouths. So one day, a couple of years ago, I was on a walk at a park near my house. And I walk onto a small bridge over a creek. The creek is dry, and then there's a culvert, a pipe, that goes under the bridge. And I'm standing there over the dry creek on the bridge, and I see a cottonmouth. It's a pretty big one, probably about three and a half feet long, very chunky, as cottonmouths tend to be, and it's moving in the dry creek towards the bridge and me, and so I just sit there and watch it. It appears to be looking for food. It's sort of checking under rocks, under logs, and just slowly moving along. Eventually it gets to the bridge, and I expect it to go into the culvert and under the bridge, but it doesn't do that. It takes a slight right turn, it goes up onto the bank and makes its way up to the trail, just where the bridge ends, about 10 feet from where I'm standing. It moves out onto the trail, and it sees me. It looks at me. It stops for maybe 10 seconds, and then keeps moving across the trail, back down into the dry creek on the other side of the bridge. I walk to the other side of the bridge to keep watching. Now it's moving away from me, and it keeps moving along, doing just what it was doing before, Checking under rocks, logs, wherever it can, probably looking for frogs or other prey. I watch it for as long as I can see it, but the creek eventually takes a big left turn, so I can't see the snake anymore. And I continue with my walk. I didn't think much about it. I see cotton Mouse out there all the time. But then the next day, I go on another walk at the same park, and just by sheer luck, I happen to be out there at pretty much the exact same time. So I go to the bridge and Look out at the dry creek again, and there's that cottonmouth moving towards me. It does the same thing it did the day before. Moves up across the trail, stops and looks at me for a second, keeps moving, moves back down into the creek, and keeps on going. I look at my watch and realize it's just a few minutes before the time that it happened yesterday, and I get this idea that maybe I've stumbled upon a cottonmouth that has a routine. So I come out the next day, and wouldn't you know it, I see the snake again. I'm not able to check on it every single day, but over a period of a few months, I see it 56 times. I wrote it down. I became curious as to why it wasn't using the culvert going under the bridge, so I climbed down into the creek one day to look, and it turns out the culvert had a grate on it that no animal could get through. The park where I was seeing the cottonmouth was pretty popular, so it was not uncommon for me to encounter other people when I was on the bridge watching the snake. And over time, I started to notice some regulars, and I'm sure they noticed me. I would talk to them, and they would ask what I was watching, and I would point to the snake, and, you know, usually there was some negative reaction, which is not really surprising. And then one day, this guy John, he's on the bridge when I get there, and I've met John before, and he's seen me watching the snake, and he says, hey, your cottonmouth chased me yesterday. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I was walking, and I got to the bridge, and I walked across it, and next thing I knew, that cottonmouth was coming right at me, and I had to run away. If you don't know already, most people, when they're giving you a warning about a cottonmouth, they'll tell you, be careful, they'll chase you. That's one of the things they're sort of known for. Within the herpetological world, this is considered a myth. It's been looked into, people have researched it. Cottonmouths have no reason to chase you, but a lot of people still think they do, and that's what John said this cottonmouth had done to him, and he seemed genuinely concerned, and I told him I was sorry that it happened to him, and over time I encountered more people that said the snake had chased them, which really surprised me because I was seeing that cottonmouth a few times a week when I came out, and nothing like that had ever happened to me. It just moved out of the creek across the trail, back into the creek on the other side of the bridge. No chasing or anything like that. I was confused. So many people told me they had been chased by the cottonmouth. I didn't really have any other choice but to believe them. And then, one day, I ran into Julie. And Julie was the rare person, maybe the only person, that I saw out at the park that also liked the snake. And I get to the park one day, And I walk up to the bridge, and she's already standing there. And she says, you're not going to believe what happened to me yesterday. And I'm waiting for her to tell me that the snake chased her. But she tells a different story. She says, I was on my walk. And then this huge Siberian husky shows up out of nowhere and starts growling at me. And then a guy runs up chasing the dog, screaming, don't touch him, he bites. And it's barking and growling so loudly, I've never heard anything like it. And I keep walking, and this dog keeps chasing me. And then it grabs my ankle, but I'm wearing a boot. It's trying to, like, pull my boot off or something. And I manage to get my foot out of its mouth. And I know you're not supposed to do this, but I didn't know what else to do. I start running. And I'm running and running, and this dog's chasing me, and this guy's chasing his dog. And it's awful. And I get to the bridge, and I'm, like, out of breath. I can't run anymore. And I stop and I'm terrified. And then, out of nowhere, that cottonmouth is on the trail, and it gets in between me and the dog. And the dog freaks out. It gets right in the cottonmouth's face, growling, barking, and the cottonmouth just sits there, perfectly still. And then the dog runs to the owner. The owner is able to get a leash on him, and then the snake retreats across the trail, and I'm okay. But that snake saved my life. And I think it knew it was saving my life. And I say to her, wow, that's crazy. And then something occurred to me, and I asked her what time that had happened. And she said about 5.30 in the afternoon. And then the next time I saw John, I asked him the same question. About what time do you think the cottonmouth chased you? And he said, a little while before sunset, which would line up with about 5.30 in the afternoon. And I asked several other people that had been chased, and they also said it had happened around 5.30 in the afternoon. And this happened to be the exact time that I would go to the bridge to watch the snake cross the trail. So what occurred to me was the snake was doing the same thing it did every day, and then depending on the person, it was being interpreted differently. If you believed cottonmouths chase people, and the mouth moves towards you as it's crossing the trail, then you interpret that as being chased by a cottonmouth. If you believe a cottonmouth would intentionally save you from a dog, and then you find yourself in a situation like Julie, well, you'll interpret that as the cottonmouth saving you. It has more to do with the people than it does the snake. I continued to check in on the cottonmouth for as long as I could. And then, one day, I walked up to the bridge and there was a man there who I had never seen, and he had these giant rocks, and he was dropping them off the bridge into the creek, and I immediately had a bad feeling about it. I ran up to him and looked down into the creek, and there was the cottonmouth. It wasn't dead, but it was bleeding, and I think the guy could see how disturbed I was by what he had done, and he stopped. And then I told him, you know, this is a conservation area, and it's illegal to kill snakes here. I don't actually know if that's true. He didn't drop any more rocks. And he left. And the cottonmouth slowly retreated. But it was definitely injured. And I didn't see it after that. And I assumed it was dead. And then winter came. And there weren't that many snakes out. And then the next spring, I started walking out there again. And... Walked up to the bridge, hoping to see the cottonmouth, and, to my surprise, there it was. It had a big scar on its back, where one of the rocks had hit it, but it looked great, big and strong. It was in the creek, and when it got to the bridge, it left the creek and crossed the trail, and re-entered the creek on the other side. The snake lived, and so did its routine. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at RobtellsTales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening.